0: Good morning and welcome to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to the beginning of a brand new series. Uh, it was promoted on Facebook. It was promoted on the, that brand new message on our sign. It's entitled, The Gifts of Easter. Gifts. The Gifts of Easter. Uh, it is inspired by uh, part of the study that we're going to be beginning tonight Uh, a study and book written by Max Lucado entitled, He Chose the Nails. We're going to be looking through some of those things tonight in our adult Bible study and prayer time. But part of the the point that kind of got my mind going, Max Lucado basically wrote and said this. uh, When we think about Easter, we tend to think about it in a little different format from Christmas. Christmas tends to be about the gifts, right? It's, it's the giving and receiving of gifts. You got the tree and you got the presents and you got the stuff. And yes, mixed in there, we know that it's Jesus Christ and, and he came to earth as a child, as a baby boy. It was, it was God's gift to us. But somehow we get to Easter and, and because of certainly the, the cross, The blood, the sacrifice, uh, sometimes we don't maybe have that same thought or mentality of that being, that's God's gift to us, the the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. So we're going to be looking at the gifts of Easter and uh, some of the different things that were used and utilized here in this crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, kind of continuing the, the giving story. Now, how many of you like to give? How many of you like receiving gifts? You know, we talk about gifts. We, we like gifts, particularly if it's on somebody else's dime, right? How, those are like the best kinds. When, when somebody says, hey, uh, let me get that for you. If you're, if you're out for a meal, it could be fast food or it could be a sit-down restaurant, and you've kind of got in mind, you know, what you're going to get. And when someone says, hey, by the way, I want to get that for you, for many people, what you were just about to order instantly changed, right? You were, you were about to get dollar menu something, and they said, let me take care of that for you. Let me pay the price for you. And instantly, your, your dollar menu item turned into jumbo-sized combo meal, Right? Or, or maybe your, your dinner early bird special turned into steak dinner. I, I don't know. But when someone else is paying, it's a little different. So gifts and, and someone else paying. In the last week or two, I had a phone call. phone call on my, on my cell phone. And you know it's one of those 1-800 numbers, and you're basically ready just to hang up or not answer, just let it go to voicemail. And for whatever reason, I decide, yeah, I'll, I'll have fun. I'll, I'll see what kind of robot's calling me this time. You know, you've had some of those robots that tell you you're in trouble from the IRS. And, and you've had some of those, you know, you've just won. And I mean, who knows what you're going to get. So I, I guess I was in a little bit of a funny mood. I thought, yeah, well, let's, let's see what robot's calling me this time. So I answered, and it was a human being it was a human being from the Chase credit card fraud de- de- detection unit. So it ended up being kind of a, a, a phone call I was glad that I took. And basically what they, they wanted to say is, do you have a couple of minutes? We've got some suspicious charges on your, on your card, and we want to see if this is you or not. I said, well, yeah, let's, let's take a couple minutes. So they're, they're asking me, well, you know, we're, we're looking, uh, how about this? Yep, that was, that was me. How about this? Yeah, that was me. How about this? So we go through a couple of these you know, basic little things, and then they said, well, the, the basic reason for the phone call was just about an hour ago, we had an attempted charge of over $10,000 to Tiffany and company. They said, is that you? Now in, in my mind, I'm thinking Tiffany and Company. That, that's the place that's got the little blue boxes, right? The the robin's eggshell blue. You've seen the little bag or the box, you know. It's in the movies. It's in the it's in the uh, the TV shows sometimes. I'm thinking, if that was me, that that would be like I don't know um, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, anniversary, birthday. Christmas for like, what, the next two, three, four decades? I mean, over $10,000. all this is going through my mind, but I'm saying, no, that was not me. He said, okay, well, it it popped up. It it didn't go through. It looked like they had, you know, the the front of your card had the numbers, but not the the code on the back, and so it was rejected. But we just wanted to to check and see if that was you, because if not, you know, we'll shut that down and send you a new card. I said, "Well, you know, where was that? Is it, I'm in Ohio? Is that here in Ohio? Is that somewhere across the nation?" They said, "Well, it seemed to have originated from Columbus." I said, "Oh, that's not too far away." But it got me thinking about this this topic of gifts, and here was somebody I don't know who, but here was somebody who is out to get a gift and put it on my tab. Probably been there. I mean, if you've been alive for any period of time, chances are good something with your checking account or with your check card or your credit card or your something, something's happened, right? Somebody's tried to kind of lie, cheat, and steal their way into giving them some gifts and put it on your tab. They wanted the gifts and they wanted me to pick up the bill over $10,000. I got to thinking about that, and I thought that is exactly the opposite of what Easter is. Here was someone, they wanted the gifts at my expense. But when it comes to Easter and the gifts of Easter, God gives you and me the incredible gift, ultimately, of His Son, Jesus Christ, But these gifts of Easter that we're going to be taking a look at, some of the different pieces and components of this crucifixion and resurrection, he gives you and I these gifts, but he's the one who paid the price. Jesus Christ paid that cost. We get the gifts, he gets the cost, rather than we getting the cost. So this morning, I want to invite you to turn to John chapter 19. We'll take a a look at the first few verses of this chapter. And this is going to be leading us all the way up to Easter Sunday. So I invite you to prepare your heart for this powerful season of Easter as we take a look at some of these gifts of Easter. John chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. Verse 2, we find this first of the number of gifts that we'll be examining in these weeks leading up to Easter. The crown of thorns. Soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it upon his head. This morning, I'm going to look at a number of things that we learn based upon the crown of thorns. Number one, the crown of thorns reveals Jesus' humanity. It reveals Jesus' humanity. Jesus was mocked, he was beaten, he was whipped. When you take a look, maybe you've seen The Passion of the Christ or you've seen uh, the the Jesus Project, Jesus movie. There's all different kinds of renditions of this, this aspect of Jesus' life. We see all that Jesus went through his physical body to be mocked and beaten and whipped. How many of you have ever had a paper cut? You know, you're, you're sliding open an envelope, you're, you're, you're grabbing this paper, and, and all of a sudden you, you, your finger kind of slides along the edge. You go, ah, kind of stings, right? Get, get that little slice from the paper. It, it might even, maybe it doesn't draw blood. In some cases, it, it just stings. Maybe you've gotten a splinter in your finger, right? Kind of irritating, and, and you've got to kind of pick it out. Or maybe maybe you go to the doctor's office and, and the doctor's out to, to draw some blood, right? And Maybe it's from your arm or, or maybe you gotta kind of give them a finger and, and, and they prick it. And then they, they push and they get that big blob, right? That, that big dot of blood on their little tab. Maybe they're, they're checking something from your blood or checking your blood sugar of some kind. And just... Just that little prick of the finger, it stings a little bit. Maybe you've, you've cut your finger. Well, one of my earlier gardening memories as a well, right around a teenager, 11, 12, 13, I, I helped out a neighbor, uh, an elderly woman next door, and her, her garden was uh, kind of getting out of hand. And so I was helping kind of cut some things down, and, and there, were, there were some thorns there. So I was trying to be careful of the thorns and, and yet trying to cut with the knife. Well, I cut a little bit more, unfortunately, than the, the thorns or the briars. I, I kind of slice through my finger a little bit. Not, not through, but kind of slice. I still have a, well, I've got the, the results of that on my finger. There's this little scar there. There's that little flap kind of opening and and blood coming out. And I wasn't feeling real good right about then, right? You got blood from one little, maybe a half-inch cut on your finger. Oh, maybe you've been there. So from the paper cut, from the, the slicing of your finger, maybe you've sent or received rose bushes, roses for a special day. Or you've planted or gardened with rose bushes and you've pricked your fingers. Chances are good it didn't feel very good. It was uncomfortable and at some point in time, as in some of mine, they were kind of bloody. And what we see with Jesus, this this crown of thorns that was placed upon him, what it does, it reveals his humanity. Part of what we do, we read through the Word of God, and it's difficult many times for you and I because we know that He's fully God, but He's fully man. He's fully God. He he knows, you read through and you see, He knew what these leaders were thinking. He knew that they were trying to entrap Him or ensnare Him. So as fully God, He knows what's taking place in people's hearts and minds. Has fully God, he's able to heal and he heals the blind, he heals the lame, he heals the lepers, he, he raises individuals from the dead. He's fully God. He's able to do things that God, only God can do. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we kind of get into our mind into our, into our thoughts that somehow he's like this super robot or this superhero, and he's not human. And this reminds us of his Humanity crown of thorns upon his head Beaten into his head The blood that was no doubt Running down his head and body We talk about a crown of thorns Sometimes this is kind of what we think about Now this is a crown And it has some of those vines or or growths And it's fashioned into this crown That could be placed on a head You notice one huge difference. There's zero thorns on this. This this is great. This is what we use for VBS every year. It's great to hold. It's great to demonstrate. You don't mind if someone reaches out and touches it. There's no thorns on it. But it's kind of woven like this into a crown. This piece is almost a little bit more of a branch or a stick, so it might be a little bigger or thicker than some of the vines, perhaps, that were used. But you see, these have some of the thorns. And, and the, the, these are not those tiny little rosebud thorns that just stick out kind of bumpy and kind of prick your finger. These are like nails, Right? So it's almost as if there was a combination of this woven into something like this. The vines, the the thorns that were woven into this crown. Now I looked at a number of different scholars and commentators and everybody's got an opinion on how long these thorns were. Not a one of us alive today were there in Jesus' time. So there's some individuals that say, you know what? They definitely were an inch to an inch and a half long. Wow. Someone else comes along and says, no, no, these, these were definitely two inch thorns. Someone else comes along and says, no, you're, you're wrong. That's too weak. That's too puny. These were two up to three inch thorns. I don't know about you. I don't really care what I'm getting out of this. These were some really big thorns. Not one scholar, not one commentator that I examined said these were little bumps. At the very least, they're saying they were an inch to an inch and a half. So you pick a number, pick a number between one and three, and it's probably somewhere in there is going to be about how long these thorns are. Now imagine these soldiers maybe having to wear some gloves. They've got to be careful themselves to try to curl it and, and put it into a, a circle of some kind to, to be able to, to get it fashioned to place upon somebody's head. They're forming that crown. They're forming it carefully. If they were careless, <laughs> they would be bleeding themselves. Now when they're done and they have this crown, they don't just kind of place it gently on his head like a hat. Right? These Roman soldiers, they're not known for being gentle, soft, kind-hearted. These were rough, tough soldiers who kind of bloodthirsty to some degree. So they've got this crown of thorns with long anywhere from probably one to three inch plus thorns. And as they place it upon his head, they're probably putting it on rather carefully, but they don't just sit it on the top of his head because you know what? That could just fall off. And all that work you've just gone through is for naught. So what would they do? Different versions, as you read through, might say that they platted it. Some of the other gospels talk about how they platted. They didn't just Place to plat is basically like taking your, your spear or your stick, and as you've placed this on the top of his head, it's kind of like beating it into his head. So, imagine a crown with one, two, three inch thorns sticking out every which way, placed on the head, but then beat into your head. So, those thorns are probably digging in it. it's, it's almost like a nail. Hat, like a nail filled hat that's placed upon, beat upon his head. So, yes, Jesus was fully God and and he healed, and and there were things that that only he as God could do, but don't forget, he was fully man. This, This is revealing his humanity. We get a paper cut and we, ow! We slice our finger. My, my little quarter-inch to, to half-inch slice, I can still show you the scar. I was feeling woozy as an 11, 12, 13-year-old young boy losing blood out in the garden. Can you imagine, after all he'd been through, the beating, the mocking, the whipping, his back probably left in shreds, now the crown of thorns beat into his head, blood streaming down. All of that, that's a part of the gift of Easter. That's a part of that sacrifice for you and for me. Why does that matter? That it it shows, it demonstrates, it reveals his humanity. It shows he's not a robot going through this. He's 100%. He's fully human, and he knows what it's like to face the hurts you and I face, the heartache, The struggle, the discouragement, the disappointment. All of those things. God's Word says He was tempted in all ways as we are yet without sin. He's acquainted with our griefs. He's acquainted with our sorrows. He's acquainted with our struggles. He's acquainted with our betrayals. He's acquainted with our pain. He knows what it feels like to be exhausted or anxious. There's nothing you and I have experienced but he doesn't understand. Nothing that you and I have felt that he would say, oh, that's just completely foreign to me. It reveals the humanity of Jesus Christ. The good news is he went through all of that. He, he bore it all, withstood it all for you and for me, part of the gifts of Easter, He knows and he understands, even in the midst of those thorns. We like the roses, right? We're not as crazy about the thorns on the rose. Most people would say, yeah, let life be like roses with no thorns. Anybody ever found life to be completely perfect? Has that been anybody's experience? It's certainly not Jesus. Certainly not his experience, not just with the cross. You recall in John 16, he said, In this world, you will have thorns. Okay, maybe he didn't say thorns. But he said, In this world, you will have trouble. You will have difficulty. You will have discouragement. You will go through hard and difficult and dry times. It'll be thorny. But take heart, he said. For I, meaning him, he said, I have overcome the world. So this, it reveals and helps us understand the humanity of Jesus Christ. He knows what you're facing. He knows what I'm facing. Doesn't always mean he removes those thorns. Doesn't always mean he removes those hardships. Doesn't always mean he removes those valleys that we walk through. The encouragement is that he is with us even in the midst of it, even in the midst of the thorns. The crown of thorns reveals the humanity of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the crown of thorns reminds us of our sinfulness. It reminds us of our sinfulness. Going back to the first book of the Bible in Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 and 18... We read about thorns, it's our, basically our first introduction to thorns, and it symbolizes the consequences of our sin. Remember Adam and Eve? Created in the garden, blessed with the trees and, and the fruit, and obviously uh, the Bible doesn't specifically say apple, but everything since then is Eve ate the apple and gave the apple to Adam. They both sinned, but they, they ate of what they shouldn't have eaten. But man, they, they had they had life set as God had created that for them. After sin, as a result of the consequences of sin, Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. This is God speaking. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat from it all the days Of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. As a result of their sin, as a consequence of their sin, thorns! Great! Thanks, Adam and Eve. Take a look at this little guy here. Thanks, Adam and Eve. As a result of mankind's sinfulness, Thorns and thistles and the sweat of our brow, consequences of sin. A few books later, the book of Numbers, we see thorns representing some of the godlessness and the godless nations that were around Israel. Numbers chapter 33, verse 55. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your signs. They will give you trouble in the land where you live. These godless, sinful, not following, not seeking, not honoring him kind of lands and nations around them would be like those thorns and thistles piercing into the side. Again, the consequences of sin, the consequences of living against the Lord, godlessness in action. Joshua chapter 23 Verses 11 and 13, the Lord says, So take diligent heed to yourselves to love the Lord your God. Verse 13, Know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out from before you, but they will be a snare and a trap to you and a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from the good land the Lord your God has given As a result of their sin, as a result of the the sin of those around them, thorns are representing the sinfulness, deceitfulness, godlessness of all of those around them. Jesus had this crown of thorns placed on his head. Now we know from Scripture, Scripture is very clear that Jesus himself did not sin. Right? Right? What does Scripture say? It was he who knew no sin to become sin for us. God's word's clear. We, we've mentioned it on many occasions, preached it on many occasions, used the Scriptures on, on our altar times and our prayer times, our response times. What? All of sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's what Jesus Christ did upon the cross for us. You and I, we've sinned. You and I, the wages of our sin was death. We deserved to die. Our sins, you and I, should have been on that cross. But instead, in this incredible gift of Easter, it wasn't you and I dying upon the cross for our sins. It was Jesus, him who knew no sin. He who was perfect and spotless and sinless, he took your sins and my sins. He took our sins upon himself as he died on the cross, the perfect substitute dying in our place. This crown of thorns placed upon, beaten upon his head. The testimony of that crown of thorns reminds us, that should have been us. I deserved to have had that. I deserved to die. The wages of my sin is death. But he went through it for me. He went through it for you. So this this crown of thorns reminds us of our sinfulness, reminds us it should have been us, shoved into our head, our brow, with our blood running down. Died in our place. So the crown of thorns reveals the humanity of Jesus. The crown of thorns reminds us of our sinfulness. Finally, this morning, the crown of thorns represents Christ's majesty. It represents the majesty of Jesus Christ. He say, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, there, Pastor Mark. Crown of thorns. One, two, three-inch thorn." Thorns beaten into his brow, bloodying him in addition to the whipping and the beating and the mocking and the jeering. How in the world will that show or demonstrate majesty? Because right now that just seems like bloody. Are you able to look forward? Are you able to anticipate what's about to come? Revelation chapter 19, verses 11, 12, and 16. Here's John. The Lord is revealing things of, about which is to come in the future. He's, he's giving this revelation, if you will. That's why that last book is entitled Revelations. It's the revelation of God to him. And he's, he's showing him things that are about to take place. So John writes in Revelation 19.11, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called. Faithful and true. All right. Faithful and true. Rider of a white horse. Okay. Just a a few weeks ago, that crazy masked singer show concluded. Some some of you might have watched that. It, It was fascinating, right? You have these celebrities who dress up in a big crazy suit and they sing and they give clues and you try to figure out... Who in the world it could be? Well, this isn't the masked singer. In fact, this, this rider is not masked, but it's kind of some clues. So well, what do you think? John says, I saw heaven standing open, and before me was a white horse. Who in the world would ride a, a white horse? Whose rider is called faithful and true. So heaven's standing open, there's a white horse, the rider's... Faithful and true, and with justice he judges and wages war. Are you picking up on some clues as to who this might be? Verse 12, his eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. Drop down a few verses to verse 16. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written. In other words, take off the mask, take off the the robot head, take off whatever, and, and let's see the revelation of who this is. He has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. So as we take a look at this crown of thorns, it represents, it foreshadows, it helps us to anticipate the majesty of Jesus Christ, crown of thorns that he was crucified with. Revelation says he has many crowns. How did the old hymn go? Crown him with maybe just one crown? Taken from this text, crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon the throne. On that day many years ago, Jesus Christ, he willingly wore the crown of thorns. But in the not too distant future, he will wear many crowns. He's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. All authority and rule is given to him. He willingly wore that crown for us. He rules over, he is king over all of our sin. He died for and provided the forgiveness for them. He rules over our sorrows and discouragements and disappointments. We can bring them to him. He's He's king over, He rules over all of the various things that that are challenging to us and, and just difficult for us to figure out. We can bring them to Him. Our Lord, our Savior, King of kings, Lord of lords, mighty and powerful and majestic. He's more than just concerned about what concerns us. He's king, majestic over what concerns us. This crown of thorns, it represents his humanity. This crown of thorns reminds us of our own sinfulness. This crown of thorns, it represents the might and the majesty of Jesus Christ.